Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio.
Well, hey everyone, welcome to Right on Radio. My name is Jeff. If you're new to the program, thank you for being here, everyone. I must admit, I am not at rest today. I am having major technical issues. <laughs> and you know what I always say, uh, most of the time, it's not the devil. It's uh, it's our flesh. That's our biggest enemy. This is the devil. <laughs> this is the devil. I feel pretty confident in my assessment. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege of reading your word. Lord, help me to get through it today. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit ministers to each one, that it's not this flesh unit of Jeff. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak through me. And Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit will minister to each and every heart that's out there. Lord, these words are to be taken with the greatest amount of seriousness. These are the words of you, Jesus, God in the form of a man speaking and instructing us. Lord, have mercy on me as I read these things. Lord, I pray that I do it with a right heart and right intent. And Lord, that the words that come out of my mouth are clear for each one that is here to hear these things. Lord, I know for some people this is going to be pretty tough. Lord, your grace abounds. Minister and have people choose this day. Have them choose this day which path they will go on. Lord, when we hear your word and we are knowledgeable of your word, it comes with responsibility. You gave each of us free will. Lord, I pray there's ears to hear and eyes to see. And that, Lord, people do not just trust me with my the way that you've allowed me to interpret the word. But, Lord, that they will seek you out. Go into these scriptures to be as the Bereans were. To be sure of what is being said is true. Hallelujah, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son. I thank you for salvation, your power, and your grace upon our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Yeah, this is a difficult one, and I'm just going to ask for just one minute of patience as I try to open up something that is, uh, I have a window that is not opening up on my computer. In fact, let me just try to restart this whole thing. A 
Lord, you are the God of technology. <laughs> Lord, I lay my hands on it, although it has nothing to do with me. But Lord, if you can put your Holy Spirit through my body and into this computer and battle against the AI devil, <laughs> you are bigger than it. In Jesus' name, I pray open. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just goes to show power is not in man. <laughs> it's whether God wants to do the miracle or not, or sometimes he wants us to just really depend on him. So he has taken away a valuable tool for me today. And that tool is, I'll just be honest with you, so I copy and paste the scriptures onto a Word document, and I have it side by side with my studio screen, and I'm able to read it because I put it in a much larger font, and do not be fooled with these magnifying readers. They are not strong enough. <laughs> to go with the uh, print that is available in a browser. So let me get right into the scripture. Uh, actually, let me just try to do this and see if this works. Nope, that is not going to work. I apologize. I really am having a technical difficulty here and I, Got to try one other thing. Bear with me, please. I apologize to those of you who are listening. And uh, it's just a reality. This is a, this is a live show. Okay, well, this is perhaps helping. All right, so we're going to pick up in Matthew 7. I'm not going to read the entire chapter because I have a lot to say about this particular chapter. So I'm just going to pick up in, uh, well, where we left off, which was verse 12 of chapter 7, and I'll read through to the end, and I do intend to get through the entire uh, end of this chapter today. Verse 12, as a reminder, is what, you know, a lot of biblical scholars will call the golden rule. And so it's worth repeating. Verse 12, chapter 7. In everything, therefore, 
treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from the thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and it fell, and its collapse was great. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Hallelujah, Lord. So we're going to pick up on the narrow and the wide gates. Um, these are very important verses to me. It's part of the reason why I believe the Lord gave me the uh, the name for our prayer ministry, which is the Narrow Path Prayer Ministry. I apologize I was not there last night, 
but I was serving the Lord in a different capacity. And uh, sometimes, well, just what happens. Oh, there's going to be some tough stuff here, folks. I want you to hear the words very clearly. Enter through the narrow gate. Jesus is telling you he desires you to go through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. So there's some descriptive words that Jesus is saying here and you need to pay attention. First of all, there is a gate. And you would know if you've studied the scriptures at all or if you know the basic premise of Christianity that Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through him. It is only through Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the gatekeeper. He will decide if you go in or if you do not enter. And you're going to see the evidence of that further on through this, as we just read. And it's narrow, which means if you have a bunch of people coming, only so many people can fit. But the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. Why would he say that to you? He's telling you that it is the easy way and most people go on to that road. And this reminds me of, and part of the reason, and, and by the way, this is God's perfect timing that after the shows this week that we end up right here on these scriptures. I didn't plan it. I'm not smart enough. But often the Lord will confirm the things said. And, and he's honoring me in that. I'm just going to say that I feel that way. You can disagree. That's okay. You know, I, I feel bad sometimes when I come out so strongly against someone. And in fact, you know, I'll probably say this on Tuesday, so forgive the repetition, but I have been tempted to take down the show from Thursday because I came out aggressive and I made it personal and that was out of my emotion. And for that, I have regret that I let emotion come over me. But at the same time, I don't regret it because I know the serious nature of what is being said. And the people that I featured 
some of the people, not all of them, but some of the people that I discussed this week on Right On Radio, we're going to be addressing right here. And you have to understand, they, a lot of these guys are mixing in the different religions of the world. Almost every religion in the world includes Jesus. Did you know that? Did you know in the Quran they acknowledge Jesus? Do you know that in Buddhism they acknowledge Jesus? But they say something different of him. And part of the end time uh, deception, <coughs> excuse me, is to bring together all of the world religions. And Jesus is telling you, that's not okay. And when they mix in the teachings of other faiths or religions, it's wrong. In this case, you need to be born again to enter the narrow gate. And here's the hard part for some of you. We're going to cover it in this chapter. I'm going to prove this statement to you in this chapter. Some of you who are listening to this broadcast think you were born again and you are not. I'm not asking you to doubt your salvation, but you will know because there's tests written right in here. You know, some people, and, and it's easy to just say to someone, hey, listen, just say this prayer. That's all you got to do. God's grace. It covers all your sin, your future sin. It doesn't matter. Just say the prayer. It's not true. When you say the sinner's prayer, you have to mean it. And if there is no change in your life, there is no evidence that you were born again. And as we go through the end of this chapter, you need to take stock of yourself. The word is the great defining thing in the world. It divides. The word is not meant to bring the world together. It separates. The sheep from the goats, the wheat from the chaff. The branches that bear good fruit and the branches that will be thrown into fire. There's only two types of people. You're born again or you're not. Verse 14, for the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life. And there are few 
and find it. And if you are paying attention to the end of the chapter, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. I'll cover that in more detail when we get to it. I have admitted on this show when I was backslidden, there was a couple years where I would barely, barely read the Bible. I would occasionally, but I had started to sin more again and started to return to my old way of life. When I was first born again, there was an incredible change in me. Incredible. Everyone saw it. But I missed the things of the world. I missed having all those friends. I missed having these things, and I started to backslide and started to do some of the things that I was rescued from because I wanted to be happy again. The Lord does not promise you happiness, folks. Nowhere in this book does it say, follow me. You'll be happy. He does say he will give you joy. There's a much, that's a much different meaning. It is hard to follow Jesus Christ in this world. Verse 15. Beware of the false prophets. Why is this mentioned over and over and over again throughout Scripture? It's because there's lots. If the gate is narrow, how much more narrow is it for the prophets of this world? Right now, it seems that they're in abundance. That's not scriptural. I pray that I'm very clear here in what I'm saying, and you don't hear anything I'm not saying. So please listen carefully to my words here. You need to understand what a prophet is. Because of the abundance of mystics, <laughs> I'm going to call them, and people making predictions of the future, it's easy and many people in the body of Christ think that prophets are just people who are making predictions about the future. Yes, they call themselves prophets. Most of them, I would suggest to you, God doesn't call them prophets. But what is a prophet? A prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God. Now, I don't call myself a prophet. In fact, I would, I would hesitate to even call myself a teacher. 
But in this case, I am acting as a prophet. And I do it before the Lord, and I will be held accountable by the Lord for the words I say. Do I take this seriously? Well, I'm betting my eternal life on it, aren't I? So I'm not calling myself a prophet, but I am acting as a prophet because right now, as I'm going through these scriptures with you, I am speaking on behalf of God, and I pray that he is speaking through me. I do this at great risk. And so do you when you read the word and try to help people understand. Because when you do it, you're acting as a prophet as well. He continues in verse 15. I'll just read it from the beginning again. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Now, was this just written for or spoken for the people that were there in attendance? Or do you believe this word of God is for you today as well? Listen to what he says. They come to you. It's not saying, oh, they come to some people. You, born-again Christian, are Satan's target. He already has those who have not chosen Jesus. He already has them. He'll perpetuate his lie to keep them from ever choosing Jesus. And he'll use their selfishness and their, their search for happiness against them. Did you hear that? Their search for happiness. What could be wrong with that? <laughs> the Lord calls it debauchery. But what's he saying here? He says, they come to you in sheep's clothing. What does that mean? It means you cannot tell them apart from their appearance. And that also says to me, and it says it later on and towards the end of this chapter, that they will say the right things as well. They can lift up the name of Jesus. They can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. They can use the word of Jesus and have lying miracles. And they can have real miracles. And it's hard for you to tell by just looking at them and even just hearing their words. 
He says, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That's not just a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is a wolf with intention to rip you apart, to destroy you. But Jesus tells us how we will recognize them because the word of God is complete and he gives you everything that you need to know. He says, you will know them by their fruits. I want everyone to write down this and you'd want to do a study of this, okay? Galatians 5. Galatians 5 tells you the sin nature and it tells you what the fruits of the Spirit are. And both of them are important to know and you need to know which each word means. Not just a memorization of love, joy, peace, self-control, gentleness. You need to know what it means so you can discern. Yes, you want the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Of course you do. But did you know you can also discern this is how you know the sheeps from the wolves. One of the ways. You'll know them by their fruits. And you can't just take a look at them and say, oh, well, the words were good. I didn't pick up anything wrong. That must be a good teacher. Especially these like TV guys or mega pastors where you never get near them. You don't know if their family life is absolute chaos. How would you know? Outwardly, it looks good. But how many people attend those churches and when the testing comes, the floods, the wind, they fall away from their faith? How many? Would you say that's fruit? Folks, the time of being a gullible Christian is gone. You need to pay attention to this stuff. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit. He didn't say some. He says every good tree bears good fruit. You need to look in the mirror. Are you bearing good fruit? You need to look at me. Am I bearing good fruit? Lord, I pray I am. but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. 
nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So if there is a false prophet, someone who's speaking on behalf of God, they cannot bear good fruit. But here's the deception. You see, the devil knows the word of God better than you and I do. He studied it for thousands of years. Knows every word, every number. So what does he do to go around this? If a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. He makes you feel good about it. He makes you feel good. You feel good. It must be good, right? <laughs> uh, don't be foolish, people. There's a difference between happiness and joy. And you'd better understand what that is and do self-examination in almost every situation. You know, these false prophets and false teachers, just in today's world, they're tickling your ears. And if you read the scripture, and it says that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. And people will flock to them because they say what you want to hear. Trump's going to get back in the office and everything's going to be good. The deep state's going to be gone and my debts are going to be canceled. Hallelujah. Tell me where it says that in the Bible. Tell me, when you look at the book of Daniel and you learn about the last kingdom, the last kingdom is an extension of the Roman kingdom. It's the iron kingdom. But the toes are made of miry clay and it does not stand long. Nowhere in that does it say there's just the greatest harvest and all kinds of people are coming to God and it appears like all kinds of people are coming to God right now. More people, you look at Twitter or any of these places, you're seeing more people claim God, Jesus Christ, yay, yay, yay. But do they really have the conviction of the scripture? Narrow is the path, wide is the gate. So Jesus says in verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. What does that mean? If you are not truly born again, and like you know what, I got to say this. Too much of the church is the feel-good church 
grace, grace, grace. Jesus says, do you love me? Keep my commandments. He never says, do you love me? You better be perfect because you won't be. But when you sin and you will, if there isn't conviction, you need to get down on your face and repent and ask for that conviction. Might not feel good, but it will set you free. Because you don't want to be thrown into the fire. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Are you walking in his will? Are you on the narrow path? Only you know the answer. You and God. You better take a look. Self-examine. Many will say to me on that day, and that's, of course, the day of judgment. Listen to this carefully. Many will say to me on that day, many, <laughs> most. And who's he talking to here? Not the people who, no, he's not talking to the Buddhists. He's not talking to the, to the Muslims. He's talking to self-professing Christians here. <laughs> Are you getting it? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name we performed many miracles? Most interesting here. Jesus does not respond to them and say that, no, you didn't prophesy in my name. And he doesn't say, you did not cast out demons in my name. He doesn't tell them. He doesn't say that these things did not happen. Because they probably did happen. And in his name, he didn't say that there weren't miracles done. Because you know who decides if it's a word from God or if demons are cast out or if a miracle is performed? God. He decides. That's why when I pray at the end of this, and I will pray for you if you want to put at the end, put your prayer in uh I'll call for it to put it in all caps. I will pray for you, and so will my team. They will join in that prayer. Or my, it's not my team. You know what I'm saying. I, I, I hate being politically correct. But there's nothing special about me. Yes, I have a strong faith. 
most of the time, not all the time, but it isn't because Jeff, the podcaster or the prayer team who are, you know, (laughs) way more, you know, in the favor of God, they lead better lives than I do folks, but it isn't because of us. We are doing the will of the Father by lifting you up. But it's the will of God that answers. And sometimes answering that prayer, it's not the best thing for you, and that's hard to understand. Sometimes you need to go through things, but God always has your best interest at heart. But they came in, they prophesied in his name, they cast out demons, and they even performed miracles. And what does Jesus say? And then I will declare to them, and and so he's telling you he's going to do this. I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. And of course, the you know the English language is lacking a bit here. When Jesus says, "I never knew you," it doesn't mean he didn't know who these people are. He knows how many hairs are on their head. He knows everything about every single person. He's watched every single move. He's heard every single thought that they have ha- had. What Jesus is saying is you never belonged to me. You never really chose to be born again. You might have said that word, that that you know prayer, and you might have done it before men so that the others would be all think that you're in the in the club of the narrow path. And just because you did miracles, that doesn't mean it's good fruit. It means people had good experiences and they were probably happy. They were probably happy to hear those prophetic words because it tickled their ears. They cast out demons. Okay, that's a good thing. The Lord did that because he loved that person who was riddled with demons and it was his mercy on them. It had nothing to do with these false prophets. And the miracles, it's because God wanted his name known not because he wanted to lift up these false prophets that he never knew. Please hear what the word of God is saying to you this morning. These are not my words. If my interpretation is wrong, please let me know in the comments. Please write me a letter. If you have my phone number, call me. I will repent and apologize publicly. but I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit that I'm telling you the truth. The words are pretty clear when you just take your time to read them. Verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus speaking, 
was that I want some people who are hearing these words. No, he says everyone. That's every one of you who are listening right now. These are the words of Jesus, not the words of Jeff. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. You know, the Christian faith is the only faith in the world where you cannot earn your salvation. Every other faith, and, and the devil knows this with the religions of the world, he knows that it doesn't seem natural to you that you cannot earn your way. So every other religion, every other fake religion in this world has you doing something to attain your salvation. Jesus says there's nothing you can do so no man can boast. But it comes at a cost. Are you ready? Jesus says, you want to follow me? I'm paraphrasing. Into the narrow gate? Pick up your cross and follow me. Do you think that path that Jesus carried his own crucifixion cross? Do you think that path, that walk, was an easy walk? He carried the cross. He was bloodied and beaten up, and his flesh was ripped apart by the people of this world by the nature of this world. Jesus says, you want to follow me, pick up your cross. If you're not getting wounded in this world, you're not serving them. You're not doing the will of the Father. Get off your comfy couch. Now, I'm not saying it's works, works, works. You cannot work your way into salvation. But once you're in sal into salvation, you had better have taken that prayer seriously and you better get off your ass and start doing the work of the kingdom because you're called to do it. When he says, and acts on them, acts is a verb. Yeah, I'm going to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow him. Thinking about it is not an act. And the world's going to hate you for it. <clears throat> what does Jesus say about that? Any, any acts on them? And the person who hears these words of mine and acts on them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. I want you to understand that these are the trials of the world, okay? He's giving it to you specifically as an illustration of a house that is built. And the point of it is is built on the foundation and the foundation is the truth of Jesus Christ 
and the truth of his words. That is the foundation. If you're not standing firmly on his truth, when the trials come, just like those people, and it's just an easy target for me to say, those people in the mega churches and stuff like that, when something happens, oh, God doesn't love me. I've gone away from my faith. I'm going to go back to being greedy in the world because I want that boat. My neighbor has a boat. I don't have a boat. I'm giving you a ridiculous example because it's ridiculous to not take this seriously. And then he gives the, the about the house built on sand. The house that stands on the foundation remains. It remains in him. The house built on sand is just like the tree that bears bad fruit. It goes away. Notice that uh, he doesn't say that, you know, the first house that's built on the rock, well, it had it had like better construction, you know. It was built out of stone where the house built on sand was built out of sticks. It doesn't say that. It says that the house, it doesn't, it implies it's the same house. Did you know that your body is the house of the Lord? He's talking to you, brothers and sisters. Will you survive when the tests come? And I want to just, I'm inserting my own words here. But I think it's pretty clear if I understand the scriptures properly, and I'm just learning like you are. But it's not when or it's not if they come, it's when they come. If you're serving the Lord, you're going to be tested because you are the number one target, not only of the evil entities, the fallen angels, but the world will hate you. Seemingly good people will hate you. Because he keeps bringing up Jesus. Oh, I don't, I see that guy coming. I go to the other side of the street. I don't want him to tell me about Jesus again. Why? Because when you hear the truth of Jesus, if you're in the world, you're not happy. You discover you're not God. <laughs> And when there's a king over you, you have to bow to the king. But people want to be like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. <laughs> Your way leads to hell. Make no mistake. When Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as the one who has authority. You know why he was doing that? Because he has authority. So just as a quick refresher. <clears throat> the very beginning of chapter 7 starts off with, Do not judge, 
but you have to remember what it meant. You are not the one who determines if someone's going to heaven or someone going to hell. You might know that the person is on the path to hell right now, but you don't know if they will be saved. You don't know. Don't be the judge in that way. But we are called to judge them, and it's clear here. And I'll just kind of close with this. If you want to put in uh, a prayer request now, uh, please do it in all caps so it can stand out to me in the chat. Um, just something that stood out to me. There's three sections in the scripture that we covered today. The narrow and the wide gate, the tree that bears fruit and the tree that doesn't bear fruit, and the foundation of the rock and the foundation on sand. In each instance, there's only two paths. Are you on the narrow gate? Or on the wide gate? Are you bearing good fruit or bearing bad fruit? Is your foundation on rock or is it on sand? You need to look at yourself in these instances. And you need to look at the ones that you trust in Jesus Christ. Yes, I am opening myself up for the scrutiny. You are not obeying the commandments unless you scrutinize me. And when, and you will, find error in my ways, I'd appreciate it if you'd come to me as a brother or sister and say, Listen, um, I think you got a problem here and maybe you need to get right with the Lord in this area of your life or or your, the way you've done the scriptures or the other shows I've done, whatever it is that you see, at least bring it to my attention. You might be right, you might be wrong, I don't know. But I invite you to do it and I would actually appreciate it. I appreciate it if someone corrects me. You know why? Well, sometimes actually I had some people try to correct me from Thursday's show in the form of a threat. <laughs> uh, so I don't really pay attention to those, although it could have been meant in love, actually the way it was written. But uh, most times you have a difficult conversation with someone because you love them. It's easy to just skip past things. But in all things, do it in love. Because you're called to do it. Um, I just saw something in chat that really caught my eye. And I, I'm not going to name the person. Obviously, anyone who's in chat knows who I'm talking about. But I'm going to speak boldly to you, and I'm going to give you a correction, because I see it. 
And this person said, Forgive me, Lord, my tree has no fruit. That's not true. That's not true. We overcome the world by the word of God and the strength of our testimony. Your testimony has blessed so many of us. We have been touched by you. You edify the body. You've done so many things. And I've also heard your heart about some of the things you wanted to do as an outreach. And whether you've started that or not, well, maybe the Lord hasn't opened that door for you yet. But the Lord wants your will and your intent. And from the fruit that I've seen, your will and intent are good. And there is good fruit. So please don't condemn yourself. And I'm not saying these harsh words in this for anybody listening that you would feel condemned because there is no condemnation in Christ. But we have to understand his word. And his word says we are going to be separate from the world. He calls us out. You were transferred out of this world the moment you had a true conversion and was born again. Again, how do you have a true conversion? You mean it when you say it. Not just purchasing fire insurance. All right, let me see if there's any prayer requests here. Okay, we have some. All right, for the brother. Oh boy, <laughs> I've got a lot of praying to do. Okay, I'm going to give another 15 seconds to put in prayers and then I got to have a cutoff. <laughs> well, thank the Lord that, uh, that you guys believe in the power of God and you believe his word. And, uh, you want to put your requests before the Lord. And you want to do it with your brothers and sisters. That's a, it's a sign of love. It's a sign of trust. It's a sign of fellowship. It's not easy asking for prayer sometimes because it, a lot of times it shows vulnerability. I'm just reading these right now. Okay. Needs eat better. Okay. He's unemployed. Oh boy. Yeah, that's an important one. All right. Um, Oh, and there's a testimony. Yes, I wanted to ask for testimonies as well. Yay, Val's back is better. I I hope it wasn't built back better. 
Uh, political humor is not good. Hey, can I just say something before I pray? Um, because it's all over the place and I don't normally do Intel on a Sunday morning, but, uh, folks, when everyone on every side is getting you to look at the Texas border, you should be looking for where they don't want you to see right now. There's something else going on. And probably we ought to pull up the schedule of legislation that's going through or something. But there's something going on that they don't want you to see. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for brothers and sisters in the Lord and Lord and Lord I just want to pray first of all if there's anyone who has heard this and they're really not sure if they have received salvation Lord I pray that today is the day that they get that answer or they get the revelation to really come before your throne to pray and to mean it and to accept the consequence that it has in this life. Because although, Lord, it is very possible to lead a, an extremely good life and there's no life better than a life serving you in this world. There's no life better than it. But, Lord, it comes at a cost. I pray that people understand the true meaning of accepting and following Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for David, who's in the final stages of cancer. And Lord, we pray that he finds salvation. Lord, I pray right now that you open up David's heart to receive the truth of, of your salvation and to receive eternity. Lord, when I hear the word nephew, I don't know, could be a grown man, could, I don't know the age, but it implies he's young young enough that it's not the, a natural end of life. That something has happened. Lord, salvation for David, we pray. I also pray for Charlie, Lord, who's been suffering with diabetes. Again, Lord, diabetes is not from you. It's just something you've allowed. Because the prince of this world allows people to eat garbage and he even tells them it's garbage and yet people put out money and willfully buy the garbage because it makes them feel good for a moment. Makes them happy for a moment. 
Oh, I'm so happy that it was fast food. I didn't have to clean dishes. Oh, Lord, I was so happy that it was just quick. But Lord, just as an example, when we eat the wrong foods, you feel terrible afterwards. Lord, I found out this week. Lord, I pray for that diabetes. I pray for your wisdom to go into Charlie and for him to take responsibility in his life and turn this around because it's a matter of willpower. I'm not a doctor, Lord. I'm not giving out medical advice. Lord, protect me from scrutiny there, I pray. But Lord, we know what it is. Lord, give Charlie the strength to make those adjustments. And I pray for his wife that she loves him into these decisions and perhaps even has the tough conversation in love. I pray for Tom, who has been battling against alcohol for over 50 years. Lord, this is too common these days, Lord, and alcohol is also commonly known as spirits, Lord. And I don't think that's an accident, so I'm going to pray, Lord, against the spirit of alcohol in Tom's life and anyone else who hears this and is struggling in that capacity where it has overtaken them. Lord, it should not be out of control. And if you're an alcoholic, it's out of control. I pray against the spirit of alcoholism over Tom. Or was it Tom? Yes, Tom. And Lord, one of the best, one of the greatest tools the enemy with alcohol, and I know this in my life even, Lord. We don't know what to do to replace the time. So, Lord, I pray for Tom that he is satisfied or get him busy with something else. Something else that brings him joy and is a distraction and a helper for him to mitigate this problem with alcohol. I also pray for Willful B and Jeanette. He's unemployed for quite a while now. He's been hired, but they keep changing the start date. Lord, convict this employer who has hired him. Lord, let their yay be yay and their nay be nay, even if they are not Christians. But Lord, you are our provider. And I pray that this man knows that the provision does not come from this job. The provision comes from you.
And Lord, let him not look at the employer, but look to you for this. So that is my prayer for Charlie, or will willful be, rather. And Lord, I pray for Jeanette, who's recovering from chemo. Lord, here's another person who has paid doctors because we've been lied to and believe that we have to trust them in this, who has paid for poison. She has been fooled by the world. Chemo is not good. It is not a treatment. Lord, forgive her her mistake. Lord, forgive her her cancer. Lord, I pray for another chance for Jeanette. Lord, I pray that she looks to you for her healing. Lord, even as of this day, let Jeanette start to experience your power. And Lord, bring her joy in your suffering, not the happiness of the world, but the truest sign of your hand, Lord, well, obviously would be complete and total miraculous restoration. And Lord, we pray for that. Let it be so, Lord. But if someone can find joy, we know your hand is on them. And we trust you through the rest of the process. Okay, I just have to keep looking. My memory is not as good. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's wonderful, Native Mom, that you're writing these things down. God bless you, Steffi. Um, okay, that looks like the uh, end of the prayer requests. Hey, and I'll, I'll just ask you to continue praying for me. There's, a, I, I suspect there's a, the attacks on me are going to ramp up in the near future. And quite honestly, I, you know, it, it's not that I don't get wounded by them because sometimes I, I open up doors in my life. I'm a sinful dude, you know. Um, and when I let down a little part of that hedge, I get hit. I wish I could be perfect. Maybe one day <laughs> I'll be better than I am. But it's really the uh, your prayers that has encouraged the Lord to protect me. I say that sincerely. I know it. And uh, where I fail <laughs> because of my uh, <laughs> fallen nature, um, the amplified voice of, you know, whether it's dozens or even thousands of you who pray for me, um, I think that uh, there's strength in numbers. And I really am glad I, I couldn't do it without your prayers. I've said to my prayer team often, and not as a manipulation tactic, please <laughs> don't think of it that way. But I say it truthfully to them. I had the wisdom a couple years ago to start a prayer team because 
prayer is our weapon. And if, uh, if the prayer team abandoned me, I think I would just call it quits because I would no longer want to have the target on my back without the support of a prayer team. And I support them in prayer as well. We all support each other. If you have not attended the prayer meetings, the narrow path prayer ministry, give it a shot. You don't have to say anything. You can show up there with your handle and even be incognito. No one's going to say, you who's new here, uh, what say you? Give me your testimony. It doesn't happen. If you want to speak, you raise your hand and someone will say, okay, go ahead and speak. And it's not all just prayer. At the end of the prayer, we give time for testimony or even just prayer requests. Maybe you didn't want to make that prayer out because you're scared to pray out loud, and some people experience that. You could say, listen, um, you, could you pray for me or pray for my wife or pray? And someone will pray for you. It might take a second because we kind of let the, the Holy Spirit kind of choose a person to pray for you. But someone will pray for you or for that cause. And if you attend it, this is Jeff speaking, this isn't thus saith the Lord, but I say it with confidence to you. If you come and you sit through the entire prayer call, which is about 90 minutes, you know, one hour of prayer, then a half an hour of share, essentially, um, you'll be filled with joy. You will. You will have the joy of the Lord. And if you want the joy of the Lord, that's just one area where you can find it. But you have to choose and you have to have your will to be there. You know, we call it the narrow path prayer ministry. And, you know, after about two weeks, there's about 5,000 people who will have heard this message on average. But yet we get 15 to 25 people on average. So let's call it 20 people on average. <laughs> Wide is the gate, narrow is the path. <laughs> I know you're busy, right? I know. I know you're busy. But if it's something you want to do, you want to go out on your boat, you want to go to your cottage, you want to make time to go out for dinner, you want to drive through the drive through you make time for what's important. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Just calling it the way I see it. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, despite the harshness of Jesus's words today, <laughs> don't don't blame me. Look at him. Um, know that. Well, just be loved. You're loved by me. You're loved by other people in this community. You're certainly loved by God. And when you know that you're loved, be blessed. Know that you are blessed. The God Most High 
has chosen you and paid attention to you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes, he prepares a banqueting table for you. You are blessed. Be the Berean. Don't just trust what I told you today when I read Jesus' words. Go to God about every bit of this and make sure to go to Galatians 5. Really get to know the sinful nature and what the fruits of the Spirit are. Are they in your life? Are they in your leaders' lives? Be that Berean. And finally, having taken in all of that scripture and being confident in your salvation, then all you have to do is act on it and believe.